to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome back to our show Benjamin Tights, creator of the My Hero Therapy podcast and of the Mental Health Quest podcast. Benjamin, welcome back to our show. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you back. So um, let's, especially for our newer listeners, why don't you share with us what, what is geek therapy? Well, geek therapy is basically the incorporation of superhero characters, fictional characters, geek media, geek culture into evidence-based therapy practice. Uh, so it can look like a lot of different things, uh, ranging from role-playing games, video games, to talking about, you know, the latest Marvel superhero movies. By the way, go watch the Spider-Verse. It was amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Actually, we need to go and see it. Yes. Um, so so this, this embracing of geek culture and using it as therapy, what's the, what's the benefit of a geek therapy approach as opposed to a, a, any other kind of therapy approach? Well, the benefit lies in the kind of cultural competence uh, that it provides for. Um, You know, humans like to feel understood and like to feel like valued and validated for our beliefs and our interests. Um, So just like, you know, you when seeking out a therapist, you want someone who can understand where you're coming from, the cultural mindset that you have. Um, so that way you don't always have to be explaining things to them in order for them to help you. Uh, Geek therapy allows for, you know, it it encourages clients to express their geeky interests that maybe otherwise would not be easily expressed in a normal therapy session or in life. And so it allows them to feel a bit more comfortable, allows the clinician and the client to speak the same language, as it were, um, to help use those uh, those concepts those metaphors to help the client with whatever it is that they are going through so how does this work what what does it look like in real life somebody comes in and says i feel like this and it kind of reminds me like like when batman did this what what is it how how does it work well it, it could look like that um for the most part i mean clients don't often come in and tell us flat out that you know they like batman or whatever um, for me personally, what I try to do when I have an intake session, when I have the first session with the client, and I'm asking them all the general questions about what brought you into therapy, what's been going on with you, somewhere along that conversation, I will ask them about their interests, about their hobbies, about their passions, um, and if they are, you know, uh, saying, oh, well, you know, I really like comic books, or I really like uh, D&D, uh, then I can... In the course of therapy sessions, we can use that. Um, for me, who's not a a, licensed, a trained DM, dungeon master, yeah. I would you know more use it as the concepts, the metaphors, the kind of attributes of the characters. I would have them talk to them about, okay, well, what class 
uh, do you play in D and D, and what what uh, you know traits do you have in your character? And tell me about the character that you created, um, because that will help us to kind of identify what is important to this client. Um, there are clinicians, uh, therapists that do actually use role playing games like D and D as the actual therapy tool. Um, my co-host of Mental Health Quest podcast, that is what she does. Uh, she will have uh, therapeutic uh, role-playing game groups. And so there's a group of clients that are working on similar issues like social skills or communication skills or self-expression, to name a few. And she formulates the campaign around those themes and around those needs uh, to encourage the clients to work together and to help each other solve those things. And then she does also have individual sessions with them to kind of process and follow up. Um, some clinicians might uh, also use video games and might mm. play video games with the clients and have them talk about what's going on in the game while they're playing to kind of help to think about the characters or the concepts. Um, and then as you're going, something more deeper will come up, um, especially if it's you know issues with anxiety or trauma something will come up and then we can use these tools to help them to kind of a express themselves and B to learn how to understand it and how to process it. I, so there's no real one way that it can work in practice. I, I'm as a, as a, somebody who has been a DM or GM since I was, well, I don't know, 35 years, something like that. I find this fascinating um, because I, I actually, uh, was invited into a Dungeons and Dragons campaign as a player. Um, and I actually, I found it quite challenging to be a player as opposed to the GM. And that suddenly made me wonder about myself. And the character I picked, I thought was fascinating because I picked, there, there are different alignments, um, uh, you know, lawful, neutral, chaotic kind of thing. And, and I picked a truly neutral character. And I found myself wondering, why did I do that? Why did I, you know, I'm a rabbi. And I realized, oh, it's because I'm a rabbi, because I'm always trying to have an opinion, trying to be out there, trying to change, make drama, make, you know, push human society forward, that actually what I needed in my spare time was to be totally neutral, to, to sort mm -hmm. of disappear into the background. So it really resonates with me what you're, you're saying here about, particularly about role-playing games, which have been part of my life for nearly 40 years actually and and it reminds me yeah. there's an extraordinary play which i saw called she kills monsters um that was performed here i guess six or seven years ago and a friend joey beth gilbert uh, took the lead and i i sat there crying watching this performance uh, of a of a the the main character her sister has died um and she discovers dungeons and dragons stuff in her uh, sister's belongings and then goes and talks to her geek friends and finds out a totally different part of her uh, sister who, that she didn't know about um, so it was really expressing herself through this this geekness so when you when you mention role-playing games that totally resonates for me my challenge is video games Tell, can you because for a lot of people video games are just a person staring at a screen but it's not really mm -hmm. that is it um, so, no. so tell us about a little about, you know, geek therapy when it comes to video games as well, because I, I think it's a very misunderstood genre. And, and so I wonder if you can share a little about that. Absolutely. Well, I do not personally 
play a lot of video games, so I don't use them in my sessions. Uh, I can still talk about the games mm. with clients, um, and there are clinicians that do play the games in session uh, if they have that ability to to you know bring the console in and everything. Um, video games, depending on the game, uh, can help with a lot of different um, facets of life. Uh, particularly if it is a like a multiplayer game where you have to work together with other people, other players, uh, mm. to beat the level, to beat the boss. Um, but even single-player games can still help with things like distress tolerance, problem-solving, critical thinking skills, because just like in life, there are obstacles in the game. Uh, there are, you know, big bosses that, you know, are very intimidating. Mm. And sometimes we are trying to face and we fail. And so we have to come back and think of, okay, well, it didn't work. So what different way can I do? Um, and oftentimes also the, the general storyline of the game might appeal to the clients because of whatever it is that they are going through. So mm. when I talk with clients, what games they play, I start by asking them about like the game. Tell me about the game from your perspective. What does it mean to you? Um, and for some people, it could be that, um, you know, the, the story, which is, you know, one of, uh, you know, a hero seeking, you know, something like that, that appeals to them because they want to be the hero in their life. Other people who like the shooting games, who like the really chaotic games, maybe it's because they feel like their lives are chaotic. Yeah. Uh, and this is how they, you know, navigate it. Um, so there are a lot of different kind of ways video games can be used um, in therapy uh, to help work with, uh, like I said, uh, distress, uh, critical thinking skills, problem-solving communication, but also anxiety um, and interpersonal issues as well, depending on the game and depending on the therapist. Let, let me ask before we take a break, um, what do you say to people who, what do you say to critics? What do you say to parents who turn around and say, but this, all you're doing is playing games. What, how do you respond to that kind of criticism? Well, uh, I would say, I would try to educate the parents uh, about why am I playing this game with the client. And it takes a lot of time to build up that rapport with the client um, and parents oftentimes have this idea that, okay, well, I brought my kid in uh, because of this one issue, and you need to be dealing with that one issue. But it's never just one issue. But also, if the client doesn't feel safe, then we're not right. going to get to that issue. So I try to, when I did work with children, because I don't work with children now, I would always uh, provide some education to the parents at the onset saying, you know, it might seem like we're not getting to the things that you want to be gotten to, but we are getting to important things. We are building trust. I'm trying to model to the client how to deal with things, how to talk about things. Uh, and games, uh, video games, role-playing games, or any other games like, uh, you know, playing checkers or whatever, are all tools that help the client to feel like they have a sense of agency. Um, in their lives and that is something that I want to promote so it, that is one thing that I might say to parents uh, particularly about video games because they think oh he'll, he plays too many too much video games 
I might say, well, why is it that he feels that he needs to play so many video games? What is he getting out of the video games that maybe he's not getting in his real life? Right. Uh, so that that is one type of conversation I might have with parents. I, re- I really appreciate that answer. We lost you very slightly at the beginning, but I really appreciate that answer because um, because it's not just uh, therapy. Even pastoral counseling is not just, here's the issue, let's address that one issue. It can very often be a larger thing. And if there's a, a medium through which we can focus that, uh, I, I really love the way that you said, you know, why are they spending so much time on the games? What is it the game is giving them that that the rest of the world isn't giving them? Um, I yeah. used to I used to think gaming was hiding from the world, but I, it's not necessarily. It could be very much. It depends, as you say, the multiplayer games can be very much uh, active, mm-hmm. very very engaged. So so we have to take a um, we have to take a pause. Yeah. Uh, We're going to come back after our pause. Um, You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest, uh, Benjamin Tights, creator of the My Hero Therapy podcast and the Mental Health Quest podcast. And uh, we're talking about geek therapy and we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Benjamin Tights, creator of the My Hero Therapy podcast and of Mental Health Quest podcast. And we've been talking about geek therapy and um, the importance of geek therapy in terms of creating a safe space for um, the client, as you mentioned, and particularly helping focus and helping find a a language. So I guess uh, my next question before I ask you, and I do want to ask you about why Marvel movies have got so bad recently. Um, but I, I do want to ask you first about, about the benefits of geek therapy. Like who would benefit? Uh, because I, as soon as you think geek uh, and video games and games, there's, uh, I wonder if there's an assumption that this is children. And um, is this just for children or is this just as much for adults as well? Uh, this is for children of all ages, including those of us that uh, have jobs and rent to pay. Um, I think because everybody has some kind of interest. Maybe it's not superheroes. Maybe it's not games. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's a different kind of TV show that's not traditionally geeky. Um, but everybody does have something that they are passionate about. And that's what geek therapy is, is just you know getting in touch with that interest to that passion um, and helping clients to, to think about their lives in different ways. Um, but in fact, the majority of the geeky therapy sessions I've had have been with adults, not even with adolescents or children, though, of course, I can use them with children and adolescents. But um, sometimes even adults want to, to, to talk about being a superhero um, because they feel like everything goes wrong in their world and they wish that they had powers. Uh, so we can talk about, well, what powers can we cultivate in our own lives? Obviously not 
superpowers, but we do have powers. Uh, so it is definitely, it can be effective and beneficial for everybody of all ages, um, whatever their interest might be. Yeah, I really appreciate the way you share that because the geek used to be a really negative term. And now, mm -hmm. now geeks are celebrating themselves. It used to be, I mean, in some sense, it's non-mainstream, but in some sense, geekiness has become mainstream. Um, and I guess part of the challenge is how to define a geek, who is a geek. And I think the fact that you share TV shows and sports, things that aren't traditionally geeky, but it's, it's basically, here's something that I'm passionate about that helps me focus or helps me sort of frame my life and my interests. I'm not quite sure how you'd put it. A geek is different to a nerd. But what you're talking about is is passion and the things that we're attracted to. Would that be right? Yeah. Um, so uh, my dissertation I'm doing for my doctorate program is about uh, clinicians' uh, perspectives on using geek therapy to build rapport. And as part of that dissertation, I needed to define some of the key terms, which includes the geek. Mm. Um and so the definition that I have, uh, which came from Anthony Bean uh, in his novel about incorporating geek uh, culture into therapy to practice, uh, is a geek is defined as an individual who is passionate about, uh, about different fictional, fantasy, or other virtual characters and anthologies. So basically hmm. anyone who is passionate about some story, some characters, some anthologies, but it's basically just that's their passion. Let's say, say that again. Fiction, they're passionate about fictional. Uh, so a geek is defined as an individual who is passionate about different fictional, fantasy, or other virtual characters and anthologies. That's so it doesn't always have to be superheroes, but they're passionate about other characters or stories. I find that really fascinating. That's a really fascinating uh, description because I wonder if that makes me a Bible geek. Um, Possibly. That's really if interesting. You're passionate about it, you you know that is your geek interest. Totally cool. Is is Torah study geek sort of geek study? That's a really <laughs> interesting idea. It depends on, on on how we understand fictional and fantasy and or other uh, virtual characters. That's I think that's a fascinating description actually. Yeah. Um, because, but that doesn't have to mean absence from the world, does it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Absolutely. a... Go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, because there's there's entire communities. That That's what I think is, is fascinating for me in geek culture now, which is it was always assumed that you're hiding in this fictional fantasy, but actually it's celebrating fictional fantasy with thousands or millions of other people around the world so it's actually coming together around common narratives that i think that's a really interest or anthologies i think that's a really interesting way to to look at it yeah absolutely absolutely uh it's basically shared interest and if you know that is your interest there are people in the world who share it right i don't think there's any one person that has an interest that nobody else in the entire world shares and I think it's interesting, uh, the last few weeks uh, I've been mentioning in the show about, you know, some positive aspects of social media. One, I think one 
very positive aspect of social media is it's allowed geeks to be geeks. It's allowed geeks to connect. Um, it's allowed geeks to not feel alone and that they can discuss their fictional fantasy or other virtual characters or anthologies and feel like, yeah, there are other people in the world like me and that's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, everybody has something and that something is good for them. Let's work with it. So is there, is there evidence, is there research that geek therapy works? Uh, there is. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to list every single, you know, article sure. because that would take a long time. Um, but there are a lot of different studies, uh, that have been conducted, uh, about using superheroes, uh, specifically in treatment with, uh, children, um, for social skills training, for self-esteem building. Um, there is research about uh, using role-playing games in therapy. Um, there's research about video games in therapy as well. Mm. Um, there are a lot of different research studies. Most have dated back to uh, at the earliest, 2015-ish, um, but there are some earlier studies that talk about uh, parasocial relationships that people have with fictional characters dating as far back as the 90s. Uh, so it, these concepts, have been around. Um, I mean, thinking about books and movies, bibliotherapy and cinema therapy have been around for a long time, and there have been countless research that shows that using books uh, and movies to help clients talk about things has been really uh, uh, effective in helping facilitate emotional growth uh, and emotional intelligence as well. It's, it's fascinating and it's interesting that as you're saying the date of these um uh, papers that are researching this that this is a more modern thing but I, I mean hopefully people can hear how much i i i support this i think this is a really important endeavor um just as a, a gamer myself um role-playing gamer board gamer you know why are certain games appealing to me and not others that appeal to other people what does that say about me and um and the message of the game uh, i think it's it's really important i think it's fascinating we've we've got about five minutes left and and um, this is a slightly less serious part i guess i've been i've been following um i've been following superhero stuff since i was a kid uh, in the 70s and there was the amazing spider-man on tv and the special effects were terrible but it was spider-man and he was climbing walls and it was amazing and um there was the incredible hulk uh, on tv uh, the 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 tv show and i was i was uh, just absorbed by it all and as i as i get older and there, there were so many superhero things but i'm finding myself getting increasingly frustrated with superhero movies right now and I, I just wanted to take an aside from the geek therapy and just talk geeky because you talk, you've spoken a lot about superhero characters. And I'm watching particularly, I, I guess I did say Marvel movies before, but it's also DC movies that I'm, I'm really struggling with the lack of emotional content in these movies. And I'm really struggling um, and it's fascinating that I've been sharing, I watch these movies with my kids and my kids, we watched one the other day and my kids turned to me and said, I think we're getting bored of superheroes. And I, I despaired almost for a moment. 
What are your thoughts on on the, I guess, the Marvel universe, the DC universe? What are your thoughts on what's happening with superheroes right now? Um, is it in, going in a good direction for you or not? Well, uh, I definitely had a different perspective on the movies. I mean, you're saying that you find them lacking emotional awareness and, and emotional content, but I actually see it differently, uh, especially the most recent um, uh, Marvel uh, TV shows. Uh, I don't even know what phase we're on. Is it phase four? Or I think 12? they're going into five right. now. Yes. Five, yeah, I think phase it's five. five. Uh, too many phases for me. Right. But um, I, lately, I found that a lot of the new shows and the movies definitely do touch on a lot of uh, heavy psychological themes and emotional concepts. Um, definitely more so than the original movies. Sure. Uh, definitely more so than like phase one. Um, but uh, even if even if they aren't as obviously emotional, I think uh, there's still something that we can always get out of it right. if that is what connects with us. So I, I wouldn't say that they're going wrong or that there is something wrong, someone who doesn't like it. Maybe that's maybe that movie and those themes that were present in that movie were not resonating with the viewer. And that's totally fine. Um, because again, it's all about, well, what does resonate with them? So like for you, that you're finding that you're not resonating with these movies. I don't think it's that superheroes are going bad. It's just that maybe those specific movies did not resonate with you to the same degree that other movies have. I, I, That's okay. I really appreciate that because actually when you said the TV shows, thinking, for example, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which really very strongly address systemic racism, um, which mm -hmm. I've, I've never seen before in any superhero um, um, uh, product, any kind of movie or TV show. I mean, it was it was deep. It was profound. I guess that resonated with me, but I guess it was more the CGI fest that, um, that, that we're seeing very often, but I really, I, I appreciate you sharing it in the way of, but that's kind of the point, isn't it? Of the therapy that this is what resonates with you and this isasn't resonating with you. So, so what is, so, so a, a yeah. final thought from you then on, on, on this geek therapy and, and what does it mean? How, how does it work in terms of, um, finding something that resonates for you? I guess that's the question. How do we get, how do we help people find something that resonates for them? In, in, in 60 seconds, if you can answer that one. <laughs> 60 seconds <laughs> yeah. to talk about basically the entirety of my dissertation. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's something that I can help someone find what resonates for them. They know themselves best. Um, the client is always the expert in their story. Um, it is, not my job to, to show them these things. My job is to walk with them. Um, and so a lot of times I, I have clients that, are talk, that they are really passionate about TV shows that I've not seen mm. or movies that I've not seen, like older movies from the 80s. Um, and so my thing isn't, well, oh, well, I don't know that, but I know this, so you should watch this. Instead, I say, okay, well, tell me about it. Teach me about this thing that you like. Because they're the experts in it. I'm the expert in the mental health. They're the expert in their life. And we need to come together to kind of create that meaning and help them to find that meaning when different perspectives are brought into play. Um, 
that's really I don't know if I can say it. Any no, no, that's great. Um, that's a perfect way yeah. to put it. That's a perfect way to put it because you're talking about story and connecting with story. So Benjamin Tights, thank you. Um, thank you so much for being on our show again. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. I've really learned again from you. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me. So our guest this evening was Benjamin Tights, creator of the My Hero Therapy podcast and the Mental Health Quest podcast. Thank you for being on our show again. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.